0: Are you a hairdresser or barber? Do you want to take your career to the next level, but unsure how? Then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to the Successful Stylist Unfoiled. I'm your host, Crystal Wilson. I've worked in the hair and beauty industry for the last 10 years, working my way up through some of the largest salons from each corner of the globe. Throughout my career, I've always been infatuated with the industry influencers the people who have been able to make a name for themselves and have a flourishing career as a hairstylist. On this podcast, I'll be sitting down and talking to hair and beauty professionals who have taken their career to the next level. The ones who have gone from working behind the chair to exploring another avenue within the industry. From the platform artists, educators, business owners, TV and celebrity stylists, published, self-employed, brand-sponsored, and more, I'm sitting down and asking them how they've done it. I know these accolades can seem unattainable, so I'm making it my mission to break down the barriers, stereotypes, and simplify the process to make the dreams that you have more attainable. Join me every week on the Successful Stylist Unfoiled. Ayay! Uh, I have just had, you know, every time I come on, I'm like, okay, tone it down. Be be cool, Crystal, be cool. But I have had an incredible conversation with the one and only Sam Via, who is a big deal. And, you know, everybody is a big deal to me. So I appreciate whether, you know, you've got two followers or two million. I'm happy to hear from you and hear your story and your experience. But this was a really big moment for me. And I felt that having this opportunity to pick his brain was something I could not not to take him up on. So I have sat down. He's the global artistic ambassador for Redken. And he also is somebody who you would recognize, I'm sure, from social media and YouTube and his face popping up and teaching you and inspiring you. And we have had a beautiful conversation about how he came up in the industry. And I actually asked about a few falls, like what were the moments that you you weren't doing well? What was a moment where you thought, Oh my gosh, this is it. Or, you know, you had that bad press or, or something like that. So I think it's important to know that not everybody who has, um, a platform like that has been all smiley faces and rainbows the whole time. So Sam and I have coordinated, he's in Florida. I'm here in Melbourne, as you all I'm sure know by now. And I just really, can't believe that people and I can believe it you know because we all are good people in this industry most of us want to share and are happy for anybody to get anything from what we have to say so Sam sat down with me today and I really hope that you get as much out of this conversation as I did Okay, guys. Today's a special day. We may have just had a little technical difficulty. Leave it to me. I've never had one before, and you know, with the king himself, Mister Samvia, how are you going?
1: Uh, <laughs> a pleasure, Crystal. That was kind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like opened the window and crack because I was like, if this is really happening today, of all days, <laughs> it's gonna be you know amateur hour for me.
1: Uh. Well, it's a joy to be with you. I'm just excited to cool. have an opportunity to talk and talk about what's happening and share anything that I possibly can. I'm excited.
0: I love it. Well, I think that's something that our visions maybe align on is the education part of right. the industry. And that's something that with you strikes a chord with me when I watch you, when I listen to you, and I hear your um I guess your ethos for what you're trying to get done. I, it it resonates with me. So I would maybe, I don't know how much you know about me and this platform that I've started, but I'd love to maybe give you a little synopsis of where I'm at and then we'll really just dive into you. Sounds great. Love it. So we had just a brief chat just before about the pandemic and, you know, all of those things. And I think something that I can be very grateful for is it's given me this platform that I started and never had a vision for anything. But something that is part of my time in Australia, I'm originally from Canada, is that I am on a sponsorship visa. So that means I can work only for the employer that has hired me. So instead of being able to maybe do working for, say, in your example redkin and the salon and get out doing education those things are limited to me because i'm on a sponsorship so mm-hmm. this year the salon shut down i was out of work out of pay and unable to get any other form of job because i don't have work rights here unless it's with the salon so mm-hmm. i was having a pity party let's be real <laughs>
1: <laughs> i you all <laughs>
0: I can't go home. I can't see my family. I can't see my, I I can't work. What am I going to do? Because I can't, I'm a bit, I feel like you might be like this, but a bit of a doer. I'm not about to sit down and twiddle my thumbs for six months. So (laughs) I thought, what, what do I want to do for the next step in my career? And something that I've always, I think a lady we can connect with is Candy Shaw and I was so fortunate to be educated by her and represent her brand here in Australia. And to be able to get into education is where I would love to be going, what gives me joy, where I see myself lit up the most is when I'm doing that. So I thought, how am I going to become, you know, in my own way, Candy or Sam or, you know, these people who are sponsored by brands, have these big platforms. How does that happen for them? I don't understand how you go from being behind the chair to being this person. So I said, I'm just going to ask people. I'm going to talk to people and use my days off. And we're all at home. Like it's very rare that I'd probably be able to catch you for a podcast during the year when you're headlining shows on a world tour. (laughs) So I thought I'm going to take advantage of this time and talk to people and find out how I'm going to get to point B, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just snowballed from there. And my girlfriends were all like, oh my God, you have to tell me what he says or she says. I'd love to know their story. Like, And I was like, well, if y'all are interested in, in it, maybe I'll start recording them. And then right. it's really taken off a bit, which I'm so grateful for. And what I would love to be getting to do is getting this into unis and high schools and hair schools you know to show them that there is so much more to hairdressing than being behind the chair and that that aspect is beautiful and amazing and I I love being behind the chair but um the stigma really really bothered me around hairdressing and that you know when I told my granny that I wanted to be a hairdresser Mm -hmm. what are you going to do after that (laughs) what do you when are you going to get a real job I was like, excuse me, this is really hard. My feet are sore. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I need better shoes. But, you know, those those issues of that kind of generalization of hairdressing is what I want to eliminate. And I thought by talking to people who have gone above and beyond would inspire people to maybe reconsider getting into hairdressing. And that's what I think that's my long-winded version of what I'm trying to do.
1: Well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations and and just being proactive and doing something and not just not doing anything. I think this is a great opportunity. What happened was not nice yet. You can take something and rediscover things. And a lot of times I talk about, you know, along my career and along my journey, Crystal, I've fallen so many times. But I really believe there's a reason why we fall because there's something down there that you're supposed to look at again. There's something that might need to be rediscovered. And this opportunity of what's happened with these lockdowns and how it's kind of uh, stopped the pace of life or stopped a journey, it gave a lot of people to rediscover a lot of things. And I got to say, commend you for, just taking, being proactive and saying, you know what, I'm going to do something, but imagine what you're doing and how it's the communication right now. That's building a lot of wealth for a lot of people. And these things where a lot of people are doing zoom. A lot of people are talking. It's really uh, creating a lot of connections. And I think those connections right now are so, so important. So congratulations to you for creating another avenue to create these connections. And I'm honored to be here with you.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm honored to have you. I was like, don't sleep in today. Crystal, don't sleep in today. (laughs) you know when you have those like oh did I set my alarm? did I set my alarm? I'm a bit of a sleeper I'll admit so I know we've had a a time coordinating our time differences you're in Florida right right? and I'm over here in Melbourne Australia so I'm always googling what's the time in this country or what's the time in this place because I'm like don't mess it up (laughs) (laughs) Um, how are you going over there in Florida what's your weather right now you, oh, it's beautiful. Warm? It's yeah.
1: but today was probably like 64 Fahrenheit. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure what that is in Celsius, but yeah. it's, it's been warm here. I've been very fortunate yeah. to be where oh. I'm at.
0: I you think know, that being that in that New York
1: for the last 20 something years, I just kind of like think about all those winters and especially what they're going through right now. Very fortunate to be where I'm at.
0: I know. So I'm from Toronto originally, so not far from New York. So I know oh. those winters very well. But my grandparents used to be snowbirds. Oh. And they would go to Florida. So I've been to Florida many, many Uh a time and the Canadian winter.
1: (laughs) Yes. I love Florida. I love it here.
0: How long have you been living there now?
1: It's been about, what, uh, six, seven years now that I've been in Florida. Yeah. Love it.
0: Well, I would love to dive in a little bit and I something I like, I hope doesn't bother people, but you know, when you have done quite a few interviews, I actually don't listen to them before because I like the conversation to be as authentic as possible and Excellent. genuine. And I genuinely am interested in your story. And I mean, sometimes you have people who have a bit more of a platform than others. And I do know a bit of your background, but for the audience and the fact that this has become kind of very an international show, something that I've learned is that the people who are big haters in America and lining up and signing autographs at, you know, all the hair shows that I've been to, when I came here talking about whose Instagram I was inspired by or things like that, nobody knew who I was talking about. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know who this person is or that person is? So I would love to ask you some questions that I hope aren't too repetitive for you, but just to let everybody know the full the full deal. So did you always want to be a hairdresser and how did that start for you? I think your dad owned a barbershop, is that correct?
1: Wow, you have done your homework, yes. Oh, just uh, a
0: little, just a, a little.
1: A hairdresser was really not in my dream. As a matter of fact, not even in my thoughts. Okay. I was pretty much an athlete growing yeah. up, you know, did a lot of sports uh, all the way through school and high school and even college. I actually went to college to play volleyball and uh, my junior year in college i went home one day and decided i wanted to drop out of college and go to beauty school my mom was like what my dad was clapping underneath the table because i grew up in the barbershop shining shoes but i absolutely hated it crystal i just didn't like it standing up all day and watching my dad and sometimes i was shining shoes so sometimes i couldn't get to sweep the hair i mean the hair was like up to his ankles sometimes so I always thought, wow, I'm not going to do that, but I love sports. So I followed that dream until junior and decided there's no money in it. I need to really decide, you know, what am I going to do? So I decided I wanted to go to beauty school. So my dad found a school. I went to that school and it took off from there. And where where it really changed my life, believe it or not, was when I was as uh, I went to a hair show and uh, I was probably, what was I probably three months in beauty school. I'll never forget. And I'll never forget that weekend. Prior to the show, my teacher came up to me and she said, Sam, I go, "Uh, yes, it was, what was it, Miss Lisa? No, it was Miss, (laughs) I can't, she was German. Miss Uta, Miss Uta, she was German. And I said, yes, Miss Uta. And she said, your rollers are falling out underneath the dryer. You need to go put them back in and Sam, you might wanna consider doing something else. Uh So that just, my shoulders just went, what? And I walked back and sure enough, so I put them back in. And that just really hit me like, oh, gosh, what have I done? I, maybe i made the wrong decision. Well, my dad called me up that evening and said, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? I said, dad, I'm not doing anything. I don't have any money to do anything. He goes, yeah. well, we're going to go to a hair show. I go, what's that? He goes, that's where you learn. What's the latest? You learn things. He goes, be ready at seven. I'm going to pick you up early. I go, what time does it start? He goes, 10. I'm going to pick you up early. So he picked me up and we drove into San Francisco. I'll never forget. And I go, Dad, who are we going to see? He goes, We're going to see Videlsa soon. Now, this was 1976. You weren't born, okay? No, 1976. No. And this was when Videlsa soon, Redkin actually brought him into the US and no. he came into the US. And I'll never forget, my dad was smart, got us there early, front of the line, sat us in the second row, middle row sat there and I watched these four guys just take these Asian women with long hair and just melt it in these great, beautiful shapes. And I was on the edge of my seat. And I said, dad, I want to do that. No, he said, no, no. what? I go, I want to be up there someday. And do that. He said, sit back. He goes, that's all ego. No money. If you decide to do that, you do it with humility and you prove to me, you can make some money. So, you know, Crystal, I went back to school and now I had purpose. I had intent. I had purpose. It wasn't necessarily yeah. a goal. I was going to prove my dad wrong. Yeah. So, about a month later, after that, my teacher's like, What's gotten into you, man? You can cut a straight line, your rulers are around." I said, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a platform artist. And she kind of rolls her eyes, a oh, what Yeah, I went to see Sassoon and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh Sam. So that's how my journey started. Love and it. at any given time after I got out of school, any given time I had an opportunity to teach, I would share or teach. And it wasn't, you know, it was one-on-one or to a small yeah. salon, whatever, whatever could I could do. And I also found out that you know, I thought, wow, the skills that I learned in college, you know, coaching and being in sports really helped me to understand how to break things down and make it simple. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking step one, how about if I break it into step A, B, C, D. So that's what my focus was, was, and I really believe that in today's world, Crystal, simplicity is today's brilliance. People are looking for simplicity. And I think what we do behind the chair is changing. You know, it's all about express. I think the world, you know, I'm just going to tell your community and your audience, we've got to be prepared prepared that if you are back and you're going to be going back, that be prepared for change. Embrace change and understand just as the seasons change, we have to change. It's time for us to change the way we communicate, the time to change the way we operate. And it's about creating an experience and being an educator behind the chair today. I think the person that's the educator is going to win. And I think it's all about, it's no longer about, well, I got to make this person happy by the way I service them or the talk about the things they want to talk about. No, I think it's now you need to really teach them and educate them how to take care of their hair, what to do, uh, educate them on retail, on product, create an experience. And what yeah. I mean by that, here's a simple example of it, Crystal, is an experienced guys would be, can you imagine when you get to the finishing part of a of an appointment and you ask the client, like Crystal's my client, and I say, Crystal, can I have your phone? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I go, I want to tape record, videotape me teaching you how to style your hair. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine the phone is on a the station and yep. now... I'm teaching you how to work with your hair, handing you the blow dryer, the brush and talking about product, how much to use, what to use, when to use it, how I give you your phone back, your own tutorials on the phone. Now that's an experience. See, that's what I'm talking about, how we need to change the way we actually do think, say, and do behind the chair. I'm a firm believer behind that.
0: Because I think the fear in that, that people would think is like, oh, well, if I'm showing her how to do it herself, she doesn't need me anymore. But that's not what it is she loves you now because you gave her that she's always going to come back to you because you were willing to share with her and willing to show her that's exactly
1: you're absolutely right imagine this Mm -hmm. people go well sam what do you think the biggest thing that's happened the biggest thing that's happened is something you and i love and that's education Mm -hmm. the laptop has become the new classroom and if there's anything, when I talk to salon owners, I go, what's the big learning lesson from you from this whole thing that's happened? They go, education. I go, what are you talking about? They go, Sam, my staff watched so much education. I'm going to value education more now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put more money and support and my staff with education. I go, well, isn't that interesting? Because that's exactly what you're talking about. It's about education. You know, the time has come where we have to understand, look. If you don't take the time, guys, to tell your client how to get volume up here, what are they going to do? Do what they've been doing the last, what, almost a year? And that's Google. Yeah. Google. Yeah. Google. So they've been learning. They've been educating themselves. And guess what? You don't teach them. They're going to go, how do I get a volume in the, uh, in the crown area with fine hair? And up pops Sam, teaching them yeah. how to do it. Mm-hmm. See, this is where I, I think the that it's going in terms of that is education has now become – up at, at, the, at the pillar, you know, I think, and with retail too, I think it's no longer just let me service the client or let me add on a service. It's about now creating an experience. I mean, everybody probably knows Robert Cromings and I was listening to Robert Cromings from Paul Mitchell yeah. and Robert was talking about what he does now because he can only take one client at a time. He can't double, triple book like he yep, normally does. Same
0: as us, same as us. Right,
1: everybody's, that's the new world. It's very, so he says, yeah. what he does now is when that color is processing, he's not doing another client because he can't. So what does he do? He said he sits there with the client and he has a conversation like he never had before. Mm -hmm. And he's teaching her and talking to her about things, whether it's her hair or about life, but he said he's making a connection like he's never made before. Mm -hmm. Now, when he does that, he said, now I really have that client for life. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's the way, it's it's changing the way we do things. No longer about fast pace and how many can I get in a day. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about that, Crystal, you're thinking, well, wow, that's financially hurt me. No, I think what you gotta do is just think smarter in terms of that, like express services. You know, an example of that would be, I would tell people in the past before this pandemic, Crystal, would be, I would say, when you cut banks or you cut a fringe, offer fringe benefits. And people go, well, what's that, Sam? Invite them to come in and let them know you cut a fringe. You wanna maintain that for them. So invite them to come in for one fringe trim between haircuts and it's free. You're gonna drive them back in the salon. You're gonna trim it, it's in between two haircuts, booked, it takes five minutes, done. And hopefully what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, well, what's that shampoo and conditioner you recommended? I'll take that on my way out. See, there's that that purpose for that. But now with the way it is, You can't do that anymore. I can't invite them to come in because I've got a client. So now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say, okay, Crystal, remember the fringe benefit? Now I've added that into an express service. So I I see you're extending your haircuts to 10, 12 weeks. I recommend what we do is let's do a dusting in between that. Let me trim up your fringe, dust your front face frame area, dust your split ends, and it's half the price of a haircut and it's half the time, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, You see? So yep. you've taken that French experience and you created an express service out of it so i really believe that's where we're going and, and it's you know the journey is just beginning in terms of discovering these changes
0: and i think that that sometimes is something that maybe even i'd say that being guilty of like i came from and i don't know what it's like i know state to state is different but from a commission-based salon in toronto i worked for a mega mega salon in toronto And when I moved to Australia, I had a rude awakening to an hourly rate and no commissions, like, you know, commissions, but nothing like what you or I would be familiar with. So I found it very hard to be motivated when I can sit in the back, which I would never do because it's not in me to do it because I came from a commission based salon and it's just not what I would do, but I could be getting paid the same regardless. So I'm hustling and I'm really like busy all the time, filling my books, taking my breakout because that's what was put in me to do kind of to now being in this time that we're in where I can't fit those extra clients in and I'm slowing down and I'm taking the time to do one at a time, but it actually isn't impacting my paycheck very much at all because I basically get paid the same anyway. And Mm -hmm. I'm having that time with my clients that I am sitting with them. And it, it's almost this thing like, Oh my God, am I allowed to do this? You know, <laughs> like, right. just, it's like, is that unprofessional that I'm sitting with her? And I'm like, no, because I normally only have 20 minutes to have a conversation with her while I'm smashing her tint on to get to my right. next one. And exactly. now I have the time and I think exactly what you said, they're appreciating that from me and I'm appreciating that from them. Um, I had a really great conversation with Frank Gambuza and, oh, I love Frank. uh, a line that he said to me was the intelligence is in the room and mm-hmm. those clients are giving me just as much as I'm giving them about my holiday, about, you know, all their experience this year. And we're on connecting again, exactly what you just said. And Robert just said on this level that, is making it deeper than it probably was. And I like to think I have a good co- connection with my clients before that anyway, but it,
1: it's so true that. Well, isn't yeah. it interesting? Sometimes crystal, we need to disconnect to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what this whole thing has done.
0: Yeah. But what do it's you say? That
1: it, It's just kind of w- awoken people up to think differently. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no no worries. So I just want to roll back to your dad saying to you about the platform artists and being like, there's no money in that or things like that. And now we're talking about reducing our services. How do you then say when someone's going on and I'm like, oh my God, this Sam guy, he's got all kinds of free stuff on YouTube and in Instagram. Everything he's putting out is free. How is he making a financial is he financially stable right now? Like, how is that? How do you think that those things are able to come back and you are able to have success because as much as it is about loving what you're doing, and obviously we wouldn't do any of this if we didn't love it, but to the stylist coming into the industry being like, well, I'm never going to make any money doing this because everybody's doing it for free. So how do you, do you have a thought on that or opinion on that or something
1: Great question. Cause it leads up to, you know, this whole idea of where's education going? Let me give it to you real simple. Okay. Now think okay. about this. <clears throat> if I can help people get what they want, I'll get what I want. Mm. So it's not about the money.
0: Yep. It's
1: about, it's about what, am I helping people grow? Am I making hairdressers better hairdressers? Am I, am I uh, contributing to the industry? So if I keep that mindset, money comes in. Let me give you an example. I never, when I, I'll never forget my audition. When I auditioned for Redken, Mm -hmm. I had to have a model, the whole bit. And a person that auditioned me, she goes, have a seat. She checked my haircut. She said, great. She looked at me, she said, you're overqualified. I go, what? She goes, Sam, you could be a level four artist for the brand now. But she goes, I'm not going to put you there because people are just going to stab you in the back and they're going to talk behind your back. She goes, you need to earn the right yes, to get. There.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. So yeah. she said, so here's what I'm going to do. You're going to come in. I'll bring you in, but I'm not going to bring you in at the price that you want, The where you're at. Your value is. I go, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. I go, I'll earn the right. She goes, well, come in, be who you are. When, you, when it comes time for you to get up and do, and do a class or perform in front of them, because that's what you're going to do when we go through our training, they're going to go, wow, where did he come from? Or, you know, let it happen. I go, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I went in there and just, I trust and believe who I am. And even in the interview, she was ripping, she was taking notes, Crystal, like crazy. I go, what about the note she you took? And she said, are you kidding? I'm stealing your stuff. <laughs> yeah, she so, she was great, but she said so. I want you to understand. I want to bring you in. So it's about earning the right. So now, when you think about finances, you know, yes, you have to have some stability in your life, yeah. and you know, yeah. I had that stability. But my as a as a redken artist, I never asked to be an artistic director. Of course, you want to grow, yeah. but you let yeah. your actions and you let your words push you up the ladder. I never pushed my demanded myself go up. People yeah. push me to the top. Does that make sense? Yes, 100 so, You know, yeah. So they came to me. they said, hey, you need, to be, you need to be a level three. Hey, you need to be a level four. Hey, we're going to make you an artistic director. And then I came to them and I said, okay, I now need an exit plan. So my exit plan is I'm starting my own company and I'm going to go tools. That It fills a void that you don't have that Redkin doesn't have. So I said, I'm going to do tools. And they said, I want your blessing. I'm not asking for money. I just want your blessing. You're going to let me do okay it. it's okay
0: that I'm doing this and it doesn't look right. like I'm burning a bridge or going into a direct competition with you or something the, along those lines.
1: Exactly. And they said, as long as you can do it, Sam, as long as you don't come out with a wet line. Mm-hmm. So so I see I did, that's what I did was my tools were my exit plan because Crystal, let's face it, you know, platform artists, eventually your career comes to an end. Eventually people say, oh, I've, I've seen Sam so many times. He does the same thing. He says the same things. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see somebody else. That yeah. day's gonna come. We all know it. Somebody, you're everybody's replaceable. So my exit plan is the tools. Yeah. So I believe that's and I'm your equity. To that's you. your yeah. that's
0: your money coming in on the side yes. while you that's speaking.
1: my money. And Redkin takes great care of me, you know, because yeah. I did things the right way. I hired an agent and I said, yeah. You need to speak to my agent. And they're like, What? I go, I let my agent do what he's good at and I do what I'm good at. They go, Well, we can't talk to you to negotiate. I go, No, you talk to him he knows what I want and what I need. And they took me even more serious after that. So the idea is that I think, you know, my exit plan was my tools were a way of saying, okay, this is what I have, but I believe this gets to where your question was education sells tools. Yes. So when this whole thing came up, I said, my, my, my senior management team and my co-founder said so what do you want to do i said i want to make dvds but i want to make them like a cooking show they go what are you talking about i go i want a camera crew to come to me to an insulin program and i want to be able to look at the camera and say hey did you hear that question did you hear that you're probably wondering the same thing so let's come on let, watch so that was like and even um behind the mm-hmm. she said oh my god revolutionary i yeah. never seen a dvd like that before where you're in the salons and they're asking questions so it was not you like, just
0: one-on-one with a mannequin or mannequin with a client or looking or at. here's video step
1: video. one here's mm-hmm. step two
0: right you're in the salon doing your client
1: yeah, i was doing they were doing their models and yeah. I, they yeah. would follow me around coaching them on the models and it was it was revolutionary so what that that took off and then i said oh, okay guys it's going to be social. They go, What are you talking about? I go, Social media. It's going to be Facebook, YouTube, everything. So, what are you talking about? I go, I go No more DVDs. We're going to do educational sound bites. Yeah. And they go, What's that? I go, I'm going to give them sound bites, little hair hacks, little tips, little tricks, five, seven, 10 minutes long and say goodbye, bye. And we're not going to charge them. We're going to continue. So, that was how that whole thing started. Now, in today's world, everybody I notice now, a lot of people are charging. their for their zoom classes and i think that they should be i want to say that but make myself perfectly clear they should be charging i think eventually that's going to happen where i'm going to probably put a ticket price on my classes too but they're also going to be there's going to be a why behind why i'm doing that and maybe that's going to say okay i'm going to do a a cut along not a hands-on a cut along but your your price includes your mannequin includes a shear, etc you know so i want to make it inclusive kind of thing but I think that's where education is going I want everybody also to understand live education is to me the top resource of education aside from what what we're doing here you guys have to remember out there that the computer can't touch your heart (laughs) a live event can touch your heart and a prime example of that was when I was doing a class and this little this girl back back in the room kept asking questions and then her last question was you know what do I do when I work in a salon of 15 people and I'm the only one that goes to the educational classes. And when I get back, they want to know what I did. And mm-hmm. they want me to share it with them. Should I be charging them? And I told her, no, I said, you share it with them, pay it forward. Because when you teach somebody, it's going to anchor it and you're going to learn even more. I said, but I'm going to be really transparent. You're in the wrong salon.
0: Mm-hmm. I go, how
1: many Salon owners, owners raised their hands. I go, I bet you guys want to hire this girl right now mm-hmm. because you're in the wrong salon. Yeah. And I guarantee yeah. you, before you leave this room, you're going to get job offers. Now, had it been a Zoom class, that yeah. might not have ever happened. But totally. the fact that it's a live event, she had offers after that class. Yeah, that She said salon owners were coming up to her and saying, hey, come and work my salon. Here's my card. Here's my card. So that they were offering her to be involved in a more team environment atmosphere than where she was.
0: Yeah. I think you're 100% right. And your story of your Vidal Sassoon moment, I had that at the Behind the Chair show in New Orleans with Sonia Dove. I was weeping, like absolutely bawling. And my my best friend was beside me, who's also a hairdresser. And she's like, are you crying? And I was like, this is it. Like I knew it. I watched her and I was like, this is it. This is, I've had a few of those aha moments before of knowing, kind of climbing the ladder. I knew I didn't want to work in a salon where I was getting my hair done as a kid. And then I saw a lady doing it from home and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I never thought about it that way. She's got her kids home. She's making dinner while my foils are sitting and I'm paying her a hundred bucks an hour. Who do I know who's getting paid a hundred bucks an hour? Right. And then it evolved into the salon that I went to and then the hair show. And I went to the hair show and I said, this is it. And I've always felt like I was never that great at anything. You know, I played soccer, played a bit of musical instruments, you know, a bit average, not the best. Okay. I got into hair and I was good at that. I was good at the connection. It, it it instantly worked for me. Am I the best stylist or colorist? Maybe not, but I love the people aspect and I love the talking and I think that's my gift is doing this. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to be on stage showing you how to cut hair, but I can be up there talking. (laughs) I'm good at talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's half the battle, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, communication builds wealth. It definitely does.
0: (laughs) But I, I was listening to you share your Vidal story being like, I, I get it. I've had it. And it changed me. It changed everything. And then from there I met Candy and she changed my life. And, you know, all all of these moments lead to something. So where do you think, I'd love to go back a little to your story. Where did it change from you going into beauty school and then going to that hair show? And how did you then progress through? Did you work at a salon? When did you start being able to kind of make this name for yourself. And now you are the global artistic director for Redkin. So how did those things start happening for you?
1: Well, when I was uh, once I got out of beauty school, I had an opportunity. I worked at a salon right behind the chair. It was a it was a great salon, loved it. And then I had an opportunity to open up my own salon, opened up my own salon okay. and had that for 20 years. The two happiest days of my life. One, when I opened it and two, when I got rid of it. Do I miss it? Yes, I do. I miss the team, the, uh, some of the clients. But I love what I'm doing. What I decided to do, Crystal, was write the last chapter on that book and began yeah. to write a new book. And the new book was being the educator that I wanted to be. Yeah. For a while there I was with a company called Hayashi and we were basically more showmen than we were educators. And I really wanted to focus on the educational side. <clears throat> So I had a job offer by Redkin to audition. I auditioned, got it. But I think Redkin gave me the tools and the resource to make me who I am today to understand uh, what a real teacher is. And it's more learner focused than it is me standing in front of you guys and telling you you need to do it this way or that way. Basically, like um, I love what uh, Frank said, the intelligence is in the room. The concept and the idea of standing in front of people is making them the hero. So what Redken made me understand is it's learner focused. It's not about you. It's about the people that are sitting in front of you. How are you gonna make them heroes? How are they gonna walk away a hero? How are they gonna walk away informed? How are they gonna go back and use it? Uh, What's their call to action, et cetera. So Redken gave me all of those fundamentals in terms of the art of facilitation. Then from there, it really, it took off because I took that that model and made it work for the hairdressing world. In terms of facilitating, started using flip charts, started uh, be, uh, really developing the questioning skills. So it really took off, you know, in terms of really being an educator. Took off there, and then the social platform really just complemented it and gave right. it more of a voice, if you will, in getting terms in getting out there. But I think that you know, I think right now, what people, if they will, would, would learn to listen, and then listen to learn i think that's important that way you minimize you know you 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 minimize you start to you just start to minimize to maximize the impact of what it is that you do today and i hope that makes sense you know minimum maximum results with minimum effort i think is a key in anything that people are doing in their life that's so important
0: i love it i love hearing this so how long have you been with redkin now
1: oh my gosh crystal it's been Someone asked me that the other day too, mm-hmm. in another interview. Uh, gosh, I think it's been over like 30 years. You know, I've been a hairdresser for 40, 42. 42 years. So what do you think
0: has made that relationship with Redken stick? Because I think something that happens a lot is movement within the industry, within salons. What do you think for you are those things that have allowed you to stay with Redken or, you know, that you've seen through your experience with owning a salon or not? Like what, what makes that relationship work for you? Is it that they let you dream and let you, come up have your own identity as well or the financial reward or the team that you're with what what's kept that together
1: all of the above i think you know one of the things is this is that i really made a decision and a lot of it came from the coaching from my dad was look find a company a brand that you love and stay there don't become a somebody that you don't want to, you're moving from company to company, company, because then people aren't going to believe what you have to say. Yeah.
0: Because here I am telling you how much I love Redkin, And next week I'm telling you how much I love Wella.
1: Well, I love them both. Uh, Yeah, totally. I I love them both. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of this for that, a little bit of this for that. You know what I mean? I love them both. But I think the idea was, he said, respect, you know, he goes integrity. You know, he goes, if you move from one place to another, to another, you tend to lose that respect. You lose that integrity. And he was speaking from experience because, you know, he, he was a Redkinite from the beginning. And he always told me, if you're ever going to get with a company, get with Redkin. So the day I signed with Redkin, he was ecstatic. But that's number one. Number two is I knew I didn't want to move from one. Number two was I, I, I found that I had to, what's my lane? You know, I found my lane within that brand and I stayed in my lane and when when it was time for me to speak i spoke with intent and purpose so i earned respect and i think that's important but most of the reason why i've stayed with redkin is because we've made a connection i like to say we're connected at the hip and that connection is they gave me the resources and they see the value of who i am and what i stand for yeah so yeah. i think because of that it's created a connection and uh, let's say a marriage if you will that's uh, uh, that's been inseparable for so many years now will there come a time when it's time for me to move or for them to say sam goodbye who knows i think that day or that time could come who knows though i'm happy where i'm at i'd like to you know be kobe kobe Bryant's and in my career with that team but who knows but i gotta say it's the resources they take very good care of me financially they 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 respect my my uh time um And they've given me the resources to make me who I am today as a facilitator. So that's why, you know, we've had such a long relationship together.
0: I love that. I love hearing that. So what, um, how do you feel like it changed? When did it change that you were then headlining the main stage? Or, you know, how how did that happen? Was that because you were affiliated with Redken and Redken had that platform? And then now it's turned into you a bit? Or... Is it the same? Is it simultaneous, the, the two of them together?
1: I think it was simultaneous, but I think what, ha- what happened was when it really took off for me was when I started my own company. Mm. And then I started using the social, social yeah. as a platform to teach and educate because, you know, and, and don't get me wrong when I say this, but being on the social is what really put my name out there. Yeah. You know, I was in a Redkin bubble. Yep, and the way I got out of that redkin bubble was by being my own brand outside in social. Being you, so yes, exactly. And and redkin saw that, and they saw, oh my gosh, look at all the new people he's bringing into redkin. They were following me into redkin, so yeah. it was something where that respect is still there. They respect what I want to do. I respect what because they see it's a win win. So I think the idea was when it really exploded was when I took off on my social and the following just kept going. And then people go, God, how did you build that following mm-hmm. guys? It's just education. It's when I made the decision to do social, my alarm would go off every morning at 6am. When I made the decision to do social, my alarm went off at 5am.
0: Cause you needed that so I,
1: hour I, to exactly every morning. I was doing, yeah. that. Uh, that hour was devoted to social. Now, I don't suggest that's a good habit in the world today, maybe not for everybody, but for me at that time, it was something I needed to do. It was the commitment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you know, people go, How'd you get where you're at? And the, here's what I tell you guys. If I can do it, you can do it. The mm-hmm. only difference between you and I is maybe the commitment and maybe the practice. Yeah. But you're a human being, I'm a human being. You can do it if I could do it.
0: Yeah. And do you think that that social media? So sometimes. I think I have my own answer for this. But is this oversaturated um place and I mean through this year if anyone was going to be an educator they came up this year and they were hopping on. So what do you think sets it apart for why you've gone to I don't I don't even know how many you have like 800,000 followers or something crazy, don't you? Mm-hmm. I was yes. going to say a million but I think that's pushing it what maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, how, what do you think set it apart do you think that it was just being yourself or were you hashtagging or tagging thing like posting in all the facebook groups check out this video i made like how did you start getting it to be your name that they were seeing and following
1: it was consistency i think that's so important that people need to understand consistency you got to have you know posting you know it's it's there's a whole thing in terms of a strategy behind it. And you have to understand the strategy. In other words, it's like I tell Rick, you can't do one post a week. It's not going to work. Yeah. That's not how you build a following. It's called consistency. Anything in, li- in life, success is part of being consistent and committed and doing things with integrity. So it's like this whole idea of, that I like to do is the word think. You know, what bothers me about social is how people are using it the wrong way and how people need to understand that you can really hurt people You know, I chose to use it like people go, Oh, Sam, we need to make a stand on this. I go, we don't, we don't play that game. That's not part of the game I'm going to choose to play. Well, you need to make a statement on this and that. Okay. We'll make a statement, but we're going to make it the right statement that pertains to the industry. It's not my personal opinion. So I think, you know, social definitely is a lot of work. It's commitment. It has its ups and downs and it's changing every, every week. It's changing in terms of how to play that game. You know, I think, uh, I feel that it's definitely something that if you want to um, how can I say oh I'll say it this way. I really believe that social is today's business card. Mm. That's the simplest way to put yes,
0: it. It's, I said this two days ago. I was just talking about business cards the other day and I said I could not tell you the last time I gave a business card right I give my Instagram.
1: Exactly. Social that's is the right. new business card. Mm-hmm. You know, my smile is my logo. <laughs> yeah. you
0: know, my <laughs>
1: <laughs> my smile is my logo and my personality is my business card. Yeah, but how yeah. people feel when they walk away from me after experiencing me, that's my trademark. Yeah. And I yeah. tell my team that that's that's how our business card operates. It's about, you know, we're, we became such a high-tech society, Crystal. What happened to the high-touch effectiveness? Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I got a, a thank you uh, letter from Stephen Moody. Uh, not a thank you letter, a congratulations letter. It was a letter, a note. And it's not, it wasn't a text, it wasn't this. And it was because he's nominated Educator of the Year and I'm nominated Educator of the Year. And he was sending me a note to say congrats. How cool was that? And that I told is, my wife, I told my wife, I said, we frame this a letter. And she goes, what? I gets, I go, it's a letter. When's the last time you it's saw a letter? I look who we are I, yeah, I look
0: send who out thank you cards.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> because Those.
0: Candy taught me that. And, you know, my right. mom probably taught me that, too. But it but is something that she said to me that stuck with me. And any shoot that I go on that I have assisted on or anything. Nice. I, just, I did one with Sharon Blaine re- in, you know, last oh, year, two wow. years ago, probably. And I made sure that I had a card in my bag and it was empty. I didn't write it ahead of time. And when we had lunch, I, you know, went to the toilet, <laughs> and Crystal, she really went, went away for a while there, but I wrote that card and I wrote about the day it for takes before this moment be, that happened or because that, is exactly what you said. That's something that touched your heart and you're not gonna forget that he Absolutely. wrote you that card, but you're gonna may, you maybe forget about the text messages because you got 20.
1: See, that's the high touch effectiveness that we need now. And I think that a lot of salon owners that are listening to this, remember that. Because I think a lot of times it's more than just a text message or a phone call or an email. It's really that personal little touch of a thank you card makes a big difference. That, okay. that connection.
0: And I know you said you had a salon and sold it. So you don't have a salon anymore, right?
1: No, I have a handful of clients. I try to and test things. I don't, I'm not a believer where, you know, I can't be telling the salon owners or salons what to do or stylists what to do. I really feel that I've got to try and to and test this technique. I do a lot of research, you know, I'm not, I'm not a visionary I'm not a rock star. I'm not a genius. You know, I'm a hairdresser who chooses to be a teacher. So that requires research, research, research. I'm not an inventor. I haven't invented anything and I don't claim to invent anything. I'll take things that I see, I'll dissect them down and then I'll alter it. So it makes sense to me and it makes sense to you. That's important to me as a teacher.
0: And I think something that I found challenging when I was, say, sitting at home this year, (laughs) thinking like, okay, I love hair painting. That's my thing. That's what I love doing. But how am I going to do that? And I'm not stealing Candy's curriculum or, you know, okay, she's done it. So that's how I paint. So how am I supposed to teach that and have it be my own and be my thing? And I think that that is something that I've learned from talking to everybody is that nobody invented the haircut. Nobody, like you didn't invent what you're doing, but exactly what you said, you simplified it. You've researched, you didn't watch maybe just one person or one education system. You watch them all and you pick and choose. And I think that sometimes it can deter people from maybe taking that leap because they feel like, how am I, I'm never going to be able to do it. Like Sam does it. He does it exactly how it makes sense to me. So if I do it like that, I'm stealing it from him, but
1: well, I think I hear I, I hear that word a lot, steel steel. First of all, my question is, did you really invent it?
0: Yeah.
1: Did candy really invent it? Now yeah, candy totally. is, Yeah, yeah. Candy is superb. Yeah. Candy is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yet balayage has been around. Now people take balayage. Now instead of me, I was taught to turn it vertically, but I'm gonna see what happens if I turn it diagonally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still balayage. But there's little things that can change that can make it your own, so to speak. So I like to say, you know, people go, oh, well, Sam, did you steal that from so-and-so? I go, no, they inspired me.
0: Yeah, They
1: inspired me. So I've taken that technique. Yeah, I saw it by so-and-so, but I've taken it. And if you watch, I'm doing it quite a little bit different than what they do. It. I've discovered another way to do it. That's all. So it's it's about, you know, if I, here's the most simple thing. If I can find five ways to cut a one-link bob, I'm going to find five ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because I don't want to become a little machine. I want to challenge myself. You know, when I feel like a challenge, I'm going to say, you know what? I haven't cut it like, like number three in a while. I'm going to cut this Bob Uh, like number three, you know, you see where I'm going. And it inspires you and challenges you. I think that's what you need to, what people need to, you know, let's stop worrying. Like people say, well, that's my technique. And every time I hear that, I go, is it really your Mm -hmm. technique? What did you call it? Oh, I call it the twisty highlight. I go okay, <laughs> the twisty highlight. So that would be something like grade it and then color it. You know, it's all the same. I, what I want to share is this: is look, my hope out of this whole thing, Crystal, out of this pandemic, is that we come out as an industry where we are able to. It comes out with the 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 possibility and the thought of sustainability. You know, the stylist getting away, getting along with the independent person, the commission getting along with the independent, the salon owner getting along with a stylist commission, an hourly or a, a rental, the hairdresser getting along with a session stylist. You know what? Just everybody come out of this and know that we're all in this industry together. There's plenty for everybody, but it's up to you to go out and get it. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Yeah. So I think that's what's so important is that we come out of this with respect and reconnected as a total industry, not I'm a session stylist, mm-hmm. you know. Well, OK, so you're well, great. You're a hairdresser.
0: <laughs> I think the, you know? prime, the prime example of that for me in this moment right now is me having this conversation with you, you know, or having any of these people like I've gone from having guests on the show who are girlfriends of mine that I work with in the salon to people like you who, you know, I have never met before and never spoken to and would to me be at this level that I'm like, oh my God, as if they have time for me. But it goes to show that at the end of the day, you are the same as me. You're a person, you're a person and you had a vision and you, I bet, stay up at night (laughs) with all these ideas. Well, just like I do. And my 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 wife
1: thinks, my wife thinks I'm crazy. And she, goes, you, she goes, you amaze me. You only get mad. You sleep the longest I've ever seen you sleep is six hours. And I told her, I told her, I said, sleeping is a waste of time. I said, successful people are doing things while others are sleeping. And she goes, I write all
0: my notes at night. I yep. only have my good ideas, few and far between. But at night, I have never thought of anything during the day. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, we're too busy during the day. Oh I mean, my God, is it? Yeah. the average person, the average person, Daniel Mason Jones shared this, the average person scrolls, does this action for two and a half hours a day. Yeah. Imagine that you're doing this, just this, this finger moves two and a half hours a day. Isn't that amazing? That's average for a yep. person. It's just amazing the way we're using our time nowadays. Yeah. Right.
0: And then that's the thing to know that people are doing that. And what's your, how is your video going to stand out?
1: Yes, right? Yeah.
0: Because yeah. everybody's doing it. So get them to watch you and do that.
1: And mm-hmm. love it. Like Redkin, you know, they said, Sam, we want you to do these product videos, you know, our new launch and this and that. I said, Great. I'm happy to do it. Here's the script. And I said, Okay. Well, I said, We respect your platform. We know, we, you know, I said, mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to stand in front there, hold Redkin and talk Redkin yeah. and say, Hey, here's the features. I said, No, I'm going to have a mannequin there. I'm a teacher. I'm going to teach them. Something that applies to the product, but I'm going to give them a hack or a trick. And they respect that because they go, I said, that's res- that allows you to respect my platform. Yeah. Because my platform is education. So it's not going to be product driven so much. If I'm going to put product, it's going to be tool sales. Yeah. Totally. You know, so I don't want a brand controlling my platform, although I have certain expectations that I need to meet for Redkin. But what that's so cool, Crystal, is they allow me to do it my yeah.
0: way which is why you appreciate them and why they appreciate you. Yes. So before you mention something that you've had a few falls, right? You've had moments and things that happened. If you don't mind, I would love you to share one of those, one of those falls, one of those times that you thought, Oh, like, that's it. I'm done. That's the end of my career. Or, you know, how am I going to come back from this? And obviously you have. So I think it's important for people to know that it doesn't always go smooth. They don't always say, yes, you might not have got the audition with Redkin, but now you did. So would you mind sharing maybe one of those moments that changed it for you? And
1: I'll, I'll never forget this one. It was in the beginning of my career. I had some shows under my belt, maybe about a dozen shows underneath my belt. And I had gotten this booking with um, doing this show and doing main stage. And I was following Paul Mitchell. Now this was, what was, this was probably 79. Now, remember, I got out of beauty school in 76 by 79, I was going on a platform, but I was really winging it. I was not who I am today. So I followed Paul Mitchell. Now this is Paul Mitchell himself.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Paul Mitchell himself. So they had me following him. I went up there. I did my show. I got off the stage, and my coach and mentor at this time was waiting for me. He goes, he looked at me, said, "What was that?" And I, when I was walking off, I didn't feel good about what I did. I didn't feel like myself. He goes, "What was that?" I go, "What do you mean?" I was up there teach. He goes, "Sam," he goes, "You were trying to be Paul. You were trying to be somebody. You not." He goes, "I want you to look at me and listen to this." He goes, "Be what got you here." Trust in yourself that what got you here is what you've been doing, not who you've been pretending to be. Mm -hmm. He goes, so move forward here. He goes and remember when you get up there and you find yourself not comfortable, it's because you're not coming from inside. He goes, I, and he said, look, who cares if some of those people out there don't like you? He goes, you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. You know, the, the formula for success is, and I can't tell you what the formula for success is, Crystal, but I will tell you the formula for failure is trying to please everybody. Yeah. So for those stylists out there behind the chair, remember, put out 100 to 110% to that guest that's sitting in your chair. Work and communicate with intent and purpose. Give them 110% of your time, yeah. of your focus, of your energy, of your mental mental knowledge. Give them 110%. And if they walk away Not happy, that's their problem, not yours. Because you know you were you.
0: Whereas if they walk away and they're like, well, she was really annoying.
1: But that was the one time (laughs) that I I had fallen was that time when I fell and I thought, ooh, you know, and I've gone there before. I've come back and I felt that again. I thought, oh, that wasn't good. I was trying to be, I was trying too hard. You know, it's a matter of me just taking a deep breath and say, okay, you know, let's go out there and let's share, take a deep breath. Uh, You know, people go, do you ever get butterflies? You know, I'll never forget doing uh, the hair expo, and and going before I went up on stage, I was so nervous. I mean, here, right in Australia. Yes, Yes. yes, I have so much respect for the Australian hairdresser. I'm not, I'm serious here. Mm -hmm. I respect the Australian hairdresser. They're one of the most creative that I know. You know, I think they're a tough
0: crowd. Tough yeah. Crowd, in, think?
1: New, in New Zealand. Yeah. Tough crowd indeed. And New yeah. Zealand, same thing. Very, very talented. So, you know, when I went there, I had butterflies and people go, Sam, you're nervous. I go and I go look at me and I was shaking. My palms were set. They go, wow, you get nervous. I go, look, the day I don't get nervous, something's wrong. That yeah. means I'm taking this for granted. And it's time for me to do something else. So butterflies and those things are good. You know, it's a matter of how you control ego. I mean, ego is really good, guys, and it's a good thing to have. But my question is, how do you control it? How do you manage ego? Because ego is all about letting go. Let go of your ego and there is no fear. You you know, success will come. You know, success is like chasing a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it eludes you. But if you focus on the task at hand, success will land on your shoulder. So
0: good. I really love that story. Thank you for sharing
1: that with us. You're welcome.
0: And okay, I just heard you say one more thing. And then I'll, you know, we'll figure out where, how we'll wrap up. I feel like I could never wrap up. <laughs> but how, when you said you came off the stage and your coach was the one who said it to you, do you have a business coach or a mentor? Or I know you have people now, like I was coordinating with your people for this event like how did how did that happen or do you think that's something that's really important do you have a coach for the hair industry or for your public speaking
1: what call call whoever it is that you go to whoever it is that you go to for support whoever it is that you go to for reasoning for answers you know call them your coach call them your advisor call them your mentor call them where whoever you want but I think you need to have someone. I think, you know, like when I'm on a photo shoot, you know, I, I'm asking people, what do you think? And they're like, you're asking me what I think? Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, two, two sets of eyes are better than one set of eyes. And, you know, I think that, so it's so important guys, don't try to do things by yourself. So whoever you have, whether it's a life coach, whether it's a, a mentor or just a friend, that you go to, I think those people are important. That person at that time was one of my best friends who also was at the time, I was very fortunate, was a client and who also supported me in opening and investing in my first salon. So that became friendship. then it became a business partnership. And believe it or not, to this day, that person is still one of my co-founders of my brand. Wow. So I think coaches are important. I think right now, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I see I get the same feeling from you that you do a lot of research. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of I'm on the computer uh, yeah. doing a lot of research, and I think that's important. So the computer can be a great coach, but I think it's important to have someone by your side on, or be surrounded by a team. And I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by the people I'm surrounded with.
0: Amazing. I feel the same that the the people that I have around me, whether it's in my professional life or my personal life, you, I, I couldn't do it without them. And I couldn't have done this year without having good people and good people like you having this conversation with me is what makes me get through that, you know, being away and on the other side of the world. But, you know, I'm not by myself. I've got good people around me, but it, it makes a difference, and I think these conversations make a difference. And I hope that people, you know, hear what we have to say and what you have to say. And I feel very grateful for your time and that you have, yeah, sat with me.
1: My pleasure. Are you kidding? I'm glad that we had the opportunity. And I guess I'll leave your your people with this. I really think that um, you know, there's so much out there right now, mm-hmm. and it's, it's some people say to me, it's so much, Sam, it's too much. You know, I recommend that what you do is you grow your compliments versus your comments. Mm. And, you know, so if you focus on that and listen to that statement because it applies behind the chair,
0: yeah
1: you know, grow your compliments versus your comments. The good Lord gave us two of these and one of these, (laughs) we need to listen with intent and purpose And then when we use this, we use it with intent and purpose. But listen to understand before you seek to be understood.
0: Love it. You know, that's something that I... Well, people will find funny is that all my American guests so say you, Frank, Candy, and you guys love um, a saying or an expression or these things. But I think that that is something that sticks with you when you are in an education setting or anything, a life conversation. Those expressions stick with you, and I just think it's funny because you you do them as well, and it it, it warms my heart. <laughs>
1: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad they do.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And I have definitely learned from this and yeah, definitely exactly what I wanted to get. So I just really appreciate you sharing the time with me.
1: My pleasure, my dear. Whenever you see me at a show, always come up and say hi. Remember you have a friend and once again, thanks for reaching out. And if we get an opportunity, let's do this again.
0: Oh my God, I would love to. Thank you so much
1: thanks for listening to
0: this week's episode of the successful stylist unfoiled don't forget to follow like and subscribe on spotify itunes and youtube to get all the notifications of our weekly episodes